Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome to another episode of the Tuesday Night Flight, brought to you by the Sideline Junkies. I am the boss, BJ, to my, this way, we got the big guy, KG, and then over here, we got the midnight, am I am I crossing them up again? I'm crossing them up. Midnight. It don't matter, because I think on the channel, Okay, well, we got to figure that out, because... We we've yet to we've yet to master that part of the show. So, evening, fellas, how y'all feeling? Good, man. How you doing, man? Hey, man. I can't complain. Oh, here we go. Here we go. I mean, if we're gonna do it, you want to ask me how I'm feeling? Those haters can't stand us. Left hand up. Who are we? The commanders. Feeling real good, feeling real winning. Well, I'm glad you are because I'm definitely not. And I got a lot, a lot to say on my Buffalo Bills later. We'll get to that. Um, we we want to start at where we want to start as far as uh going over these games. Week nine NFL in the books. Before we go over the, the, the games we went over, are there any surprises from NFL week number nine that kind of took you guys back? Or did kind of everything go as planned? Uh, surprises. Uh, a lot of people have been saying, um, you know, Dallas played a really, really good game, and uh, Dallas, um, Dallas did this and Dallas did that, Nate. But you lost, so. <laughs> hey, look. My surprise, and I and I had said something about this guy earlier in the season is Josh Dobbs going, not knowing anybody's name, going to the Vikings, helping them win a game. I'm rooting for the guy, man. I hope that you know he kind of gets a a rebirth like Geno has, and, and maybe because there's enough teams out there that don't have a QB. But uh, kudos to Josh Dobbs going in there, beating the Falcons 38. 31 to 28. So shout out to him. Um, man, I ride anything that, that didn't go according to plan week nine, or did is this uh, anything surprise you? Uh, the Rams getting beat. Um, yeah, 20 to three. I didn't think that the Packers had that performance in their system, but uh, then again, I didn't notice that uh, they were st- starting Brett, Brett Ripping, Brett Ripping. So that the put them behind. Huh? The Rams were starting Brett Ripping? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I didn't know that going into it. And if I did, that might have changed some things. But um, but it gave the Packers a bump, put them back in position to maybe control some of their destiny going down the stretch. It did. Um the Giants have confirmed that Daniel Jones has been lost for the season. Um Tyrod T- Tarod, I'm sorry, Tyrod Taylor Get it is right. already on IR. So uh, I forgot who they is. They're going to they uh, Tommy DeVito, DeVito, and who they have a they have a, a vet too. Who's the vet? That oh, um, he's your vet. guy, Matt Barkley. Uh, Barkley, Barkley. So we're gonna have to see how to see how the Giants move and shake uh, going here forward. Um, before we get into the games, yet what do y'all think? What do you, what is it? What do the Giants do with Daniel Jones and all that money? I mean, because it's apparent that. It ain't working. I mean, it's a two-year deal, essentially, written on four-year paperwork. So 
starting next year, they can start their plans to get out of it. Um, they may have to go through the season with them, but after that, I think they can walk away without too much um, being on the books. So I think that's how it plays out. I think you draft your kid this year if you're high enough and you take the draft pick and bring them along slow. Big guy, I know you not happy that Daniel Jones is, is injured, but I know you happy that the, the commanders don't have to see him. <laughs> hey, that boy I got a it. Hall of Fame career against all the, the time. commanders. All the time. I say it all the time. Daniel Jones, if he played his whole career against the commanders, he would go down better than Tom Brady, better than Joe Montana, better than Dan Marino, better than Johnny Unites, better than Lynn Dawson. He he'd be a hall of famer. All right, fellas. Well, let's get to it. Um my fault. No, go ahead. No, because I've I've said this. I don't know how much I've said it on our show, but I've said this the last two years. The best job to have is being the man that stands behind or is on the depth chart behind Tyrod Taylor. He will always get hurt for you. Oh, man. It never fails. It never fails. It never fails. Um, before you tell jump, you my, go ahead. Before go you ahead. Jump, uh, we got Ross and uh, Paula here. We can't see the names. I don't know what's going on. We can't see the names on Facebook. Yeah. So, but it's okay. We know y'all here. I'm, I'm trying to watch on uh, on Facebook as well, so I can get to you. And, uh, Paul says, "Uh, I hate them boys." As much as anyone, but Michael Parsons was hell. Hey, man, it's a part of the game. I watched Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen. I watched Ryan Kerrigan get hell for 10 years. So it's oh, a part of the game. Stop your <laughs> belly aching. Oh, my goodness. Stop your belly aching, sir. Uh, okay, look, we're going to go to our first game we're going to review. And this was my surprise. Even though I picked them to win, the Ravens keep rolling, and they beat the Seahawks 37-3. to if you do me, see me doing a little squint in your head, excuse me, because I do not like the glare that my glasses produce on this computer. So um, if my phone and AT&T would could, you know, I could get you some stats, but it ain't looking like that's happening. I, th I thought the Ravens would beat the Seahawks. Here we go. Just because of the Seahawks, the travel, that travel across country. It's, it's mean. London's proving it. That travel's mean. You know, and it, it it proves itself every time. And I know that coaches that know these games are coming up, they try their best to get their teams over there as early as possible to kind of get, you know, the, the bodies adjusted and get on the field and, and play with some normalcy. But uh, Lamar Jackson, 21 to 26, 187. Uh, he didn't throw any touchdowns, but um, rushing the ball, Keaton Mitchell. For the Ravens, nine for 138 and a touchdown. Um, if you had him in fantasy, you ate. So, um, are the Ravens doing anything special, gentlemen? Or are they just taking advantage of the situations that presented themselves the last two weeks? If he, if you got him on, on your fa um, fantasy team, I want to know what service you're using to get your hints because there ain't no way. Outside of Kevin Mitchell, who might be Keaton's dad, it's no way you should have had that dude on your team. But um, I think I think they're finally just putting it together. I think they're finally starting to get consistent performances from 
Lamar, they're getting the running game going. And then their defense has just been stellar the last two weeks. So I think they're hitting the stride that, I mean, if they stay on this pace, they could get it could get real dangerous for teams in the AFC North and the AFC period. I think Oop said it best right there. That's uh, Kevin Oop Lee. He said Seattle can't stop the run. Gus Edwards had two early touchdowns quickly. Quickly. That was the key. When your running backs are doing things that running backs should be doing, it takes the pressure off Lamar. That's it. Lamar doesn't have to go win. He doesn't have to play hero ball and win the game by himself. Yeah, and then Seattle couldn't run the ball. Yeah, uh, it's it's tough. You know, I, I'm rooting for Seattle and Geno, but they got some definitely got some discrepancies. They're gonna have to tighten up ship. Um, and Ross say new offense. Lamar looks really comfortable. Agree yeah. with that. Yeah. But it um, also doesn't hurt when you have talent on the outside. Nah, it doesn't. Not at all. It helps open things up. It helps facilitate facilitate things. And you just can't lock down on one thing. We've been we've been chirping at that on this podcast for a long time. And, and it's it's not no secret formula. Um, but it is what it is. Um let's Luke get says, the, uh, the, Baltimore kept the RPO going and found a weak link, no interior D line for Seattle. I mean, the, the Russian stats prove that, <laughs> you know, as you know, the proof is in the pudding. So, hey, and like I said, we apologize again. We cannot see for some reason the Facebook comments are coming up with you guys names. So we just kind of KG is piecing it together. So if we got a little lag, we apologize um, and we'll keep it moving. Uh, let's get the L, uh, the charges in the uh, Jets game out of the way. Um did I pick I picked the the the, the charges to win? I took the points and I took the over, so I was short on the over. This over was uh the over under was 39 and a half, and they didn't cut the mustard. So um, no surprise for me there. Uh I, I thought the charges, I thought the offense would overtake the, the Jets defense just because the Jets that have no offense whatsoever. And, you know, it's something we say all the time. That unit has to go back on the field over and over and over again. It's going to break eventually. So no surprise there with the, the Chargers for me. Um, Midnight Rider, what you got? Uh, Real simple. <clears throat> he got to stop pitching. The kids got to stop the hitch. Like he's on. He It looks like he sees it. He doesn't believe it. He hitches. And by the time he releases the football, Whatever opening or space he had with that receiver, it's gone. Or they're 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 drifting to the sideline, and that ball is getting there at that half second too late. He's killing this team with his performance right now. Um, he got to do a Michael Jackson and, and and talk to the man in the mirror, have a real conversation, and see what's up. I don't see how Robert Sala can stick with this dude too much longer. I mean, he just can't get it done. The other guy you have backing him up must be must be god awful. Must be god awful. Go ahead, KG. Oh, I, I I was fixing our problem, so I got I got I'm fixing our problem. So uh, the Jets were jetting. They messed up a lot of daggone money. 
I'm gonna tell you that now. They messed up a lot of money because a lot money of people where were, money on a lot of people had them rolling, man. They they, oh, nah. they, they you they, don't want that picture. Can't just say that because that's your pick. <laughs> uh, you, you pick the Jets? Did he pick the Jets? Yep, I was out on the limb. Yeah. Okay, yeah, you you that limb as soon as you stepped on it broke. You stepped on it. You was like ah! immediately. <laughs> so let me let me ask y'all this and, and serious question. Do you like what Zach Wilson is showing as far as because I felt like beforehand he didn't care. And I feel like the last couple of weeks he's at least showing that he cares about winning. He cares about football. Maybe he's rededicated himself, but now you got to fix like the midnight ride. Now you got to fix the errors that come with his game. Is it too little too late? I think we're two weeks, two weeks away from it being too little too late. Um, I think they may have to go the same route the Falcons went. The Falcons went and decided to go with Haneke. So if something's got to change, man. Something's got to happen. Yeah, I, I just I just felt like he had that deer in the headlights. He got in the league. He wasn't committed to football. And I just think over, I don't know if it was an Aaron Rodgers effect or whatever it is. It just seemed like you could just tell he's more focused. And it's just not translating the field. Not, you know, it's got to be frustrating. Um, what you say, big guy? I think you would say after that, after that, uh, was it Buffalo game that he threw away? He pissed the Buffalo. Was it? No, it wasn't the Buffalo game. I forget what I game it was a couple Buffalo weeks game. ago. He pissed the game away. He stood on the side. Of, he said, I got to be better. That's on me. And he played well the last two weeks. But. It was the Chiefs because they almost beat the Chiefs. Chiefs. It was the Chiefs. And I'm I th- I'm not sure who this is because I had to switch some things over. But we we'll back. Uh, Zach Wilson couldn't hit yeah, Sam. Yeah, Sam. I like that. that. Sounds like a um, Paul comment. <laughs> <laughs> they should have traded for Dobbs. They should have. Oh man. Uh, uh, yeah, and Ross right back with us. Thank you everybody for joining us back. A little technical difficulty. We got it fixed. I figured out what it was. Um, Ross says he cares, but the talent hasn't come out yet. Yeah, and you know what? Maybe it's gonna take him getting his head kicked in to get that talent to shine. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's gonna take. But how many? How many more times can he take a beating before they finally break him? We're gonna see. Two weeks. No, we. Yeah, Midnight Riders say two weeks. I think we're going to get to see the answer to that question. Well, if, okay, they break them in two weeks. Who comes in? Because Ken O'Brien is not walking through that door. Browning Nagel is not walking through that door. Joe Namath is not walking through that door. Well, it doesn't matter at this point because you're not getting any kind of play. You're not getting anything productive right now from your quarterback position. It's almost making it hard to evaluate the other players on his team because he's not giving them a chance. Cole, 45 McCoy. Yeah. I skipped over a couple comments, so I apologize. SFN002, uh, he said that Herbert, 
that Herbert Allen connection is a beauty to watch. Jets couldn't stop it. They needed to. That's all for Twitch. I hope you guys can see that. But I, I'm just I'm 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 at a loss right now because you expect more. I gotta go, baby. I didn't expect the, the Chargers to play they, the way they do because the Chargers are always charging. But I expected this to be a more competitive game. So this is a, this was a shocker in more ways than one. Let's um let's switch gears. <laughs> let's talk about this one right here. The Texans thirty nine. The Bucks thirty seven. I I I was short. But I was right on the yardage. I said both quarterbacks over 300. CJ Stroud had four, 470. It sounded like an oven setting. Four, seven, put it on 470, put on 20 minutes, baby. It'd be good. That, that's what CJ Stroud had. Uh, Baker came in with 265. So I was right on the yardage. I just thought Baker would have three. Midnight Rider, I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you have this because this kid, Houston, Houston, they, they have a good problem. Tank Dale, baby. Tank Dale and CJ Stroud forming the connection, baby. Um, no, nah, I just knew he was due. Uh, he had gone the last couple of weeks and hadn't picked up any numbers. And then all of a sudden, I was like, it's got to be soon. It's got to be in the next couple of weeks. So I think I called for him to get a touchdown. He got two. Um, and then he helped out my team in fantasy because he got me 32 points. So, um, it was yeah, it was money, man. So he helped out the franchise and, and everything. Luckily, he wasn't playing defense because that would have been like three and a half points. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> it might even minus five because because he, he's a defender. But no, nah, this game was crazy at the end. Um, that last drive to get them in place to score the points. Um, that's clutch gene right there. That's the exact reason why I thought Pittsburgh would – I mean, not Pittsburgh. I thought Charlotte or Carolina would have been all over him because he reminds you of a young Roethlisberger just without the extras on the side. You know what I'm saying? But you know exactly what I'm saying. Except those extras. Um, he's going to be pretty good. And I think that's one of the things. I think um, Pierce has been battling injury, so that's the other part of that. But as they keep going – they're going to this team is going to gel and they're starting to gel and they're starting to get wins that you didn't have on their schedule um early in the season. Uh SF and O2 said this Damian Pierce fall off is a bit of a surprise. Cause didn't he run for like 140 yards one week and then the next week he ran for two? He was the um last year he was the their rookie that came out of nowhere and basically was their offense. And this year it's been a struggle, but they've been bouncing back between him and um Devin Singletary. And Paul says uh we don't talk about Midgeville. What's Midgeville? We need some explanation on that one. Hey Paul, you had to tell us what Midgeville is. So we can talk about it. We don't. It's like Bruno. We don't talk about Bruno. No, no, no. So Midville is like Bruno. We don't talk about it. 
Ah, man. Um, Next game on the slate. We touched on it a little bit. But let's go ahead and go to this NFC East. Slobber right here. Um, If you're a Cowboys fan, if you're a Cowboys fan, are you almost there? I mean, you know, or is this just one of those games that you got up for because it's the Eagles and it's 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 a, it's probably the game of the week. Is that is that what the Cowboys just did, or are we going to see Dak roll out and ball out from now on, or is it just going to be the same old Cowboys? Mm. We got the definition or the thing about Midgeville. Midsville is the place that, yeah, <laughs> we don't talk about Midsville. <laughs> yeah, I got you. we got you, Paul. We got you. We got you. I, I, I got you. We we don't talk about Midsville. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm asking this to two two Commanders fans. I want y'all to take y'all Commanders hats and socks off for a second. And you know, uh, I picked the Eagles to win. I picked the over, and I took the points, of course, with the Eagles. So I would have won if I bet at that one. But if you're a Cowboys fan, seriously, like, is this where you take that big step and you're like, all right, we almost got the Eagles? Or is this the Cowboys where Micah Parsons, after they got trounced by the 49ers, say we're 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 as good as them? Which which Cowboys team will we see for the rest of the season? I think for them it doesn't matter. As long as they can win the ones they're supposed to win, they'll get themselves a chance. Um, and then they get it in dance. But other than that, that's really all they gotta do is just handle their business in the games that they're supposed to win. Uh do I think Dak is this elite quarterback? No. I think he's in that range of somewhere between 12 and 18, depending on how you rank your QBs. Um and I think he just struggles in certain situations. I mean, that stepping out of bounds on that two-point conversion can't really happen. That um, throwing short on that um, fourth down, I mean, that's your only shot. Like, you got to make sure he's in. And maybe that's on the tight end because he didn't take the route deep enough into the end zone. But, like, that's got to be points. And the worst-case scenario is incomplete because you're chasing points. And for some reason, that just didn't happen. Go ahead, go ahead put them comments up. Go, 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 go ahead, go ahead. My man Keith Franzi says Dax football IQ is the main issue. Philly is the luckiest team in the league. There's nothing impressive about them. They have the referees in their back pocket. Let's call a spade a spade, baby. Let's call it. Call a spade a spade. SFNO2 says Tony Pollard rushing y'all's last five weeks 51, 53, 30, 29, and 47. Excusable. I agree wholeheartedly. It's the same thing when Zeke was there. Zeke needed to touch the ball 20 to 25 times in any capacity, and the Cowboys would win. It was proven. It was proven. They didn't do it. Tony Pollard has to touch the ball, but like the Midnight Riders say, he's a little light in the ass to be inside the red zone, but still. Split them out, let them catch something, go get your pile back, something. I don't know. But still, uh, SFN and O2 says also, 
Uh, Pollard can produce and take weight off the passing game. Yes, he can. I got him in fantasy. So, yeah, I'm really all for him getting more carries and more yards. Uh, Ross says um, he's the second coming of Romo. (laughs) Uh, 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 I don't know how to feel about this. This is a big statement right here. If Romo had this current Dallas defense, Defense. Dallas gets at least two rings. I think I can agree with that. A healthy Dallas defense uh, because you got you got arguably one of the best defensive players on your team that impacts the game, and that is MPP, the Micah Parsons problem. The dude impacts the game, and I'm saying this as a football fan. The dude is nasty. He is vicious, man. What happened to Demarcus Ware? Demarcus Ware. He wasn't impactful. He wasn't as impactful as, as Parsons. He was good, but he wasn't as impactful. Parsons impacts the game. Wow, man, just put on a gold jacket, but he wasn't impactful. He got that gold jacket from winning Super Bowl Fifty in uh in, in Denver. That's what got him that gold jacket. Pen. <laughs> Paul says uh Philly is one of the toughest teams in the trenches on both sides of the bowl. That's their identity. <laughs> Paul uh Ross says Paul facts. <laughs> I think I'm already dying here. Uh SFN and O2 says don't die on this hill. I'm already dead on this hill. I'm 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 not gonna give them the satisfaction, baby. I'm not gonna do it. That's all it is. I'm not gonna give them the satisfaction. Oh, Michael Parsons is adult. I'll give you that. Now here's the problem with Dallas. Dare I say it? It's coaching. I don't think. I think everything they do during the week it dissipates on Sunday because they they come out they look lost. You know you need six. Why run a route that's short of the goal line? Thinking that you can run it in when they're sitting there protecting the goal line. Why 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 run a route like that? Everybody says, well, uh, I think it was Dalton Schultz when he caught the pass that was short. Oh, that was a touchdown. His feet was in the end zone. Ball has to break the plane. That plane goes all the way around the world. He could have been somewhere in Kazakhstan. And if that plane was lined up where he held that ball out, it's a touchdown. But unfortunately, it did not. Brian Quiet. So, Kazakhstan? Yeah. Or, you want to say hi? Hi. He, he can be with, hey, Junior. What's up, buddy? Everybody said hi, okay? Okay. All right. It could be uh, Abu Dhabi for all I care. But next up. Ah, okay. I need a minute. Buffalo Bills go into the jungle in Cincinnati, and they drop to the Bengals 24-17. I don't even – let me start with this. Joe Burrow, 31 of 44, 345. Two touchdowns and a sack. I just want to give you the last couple of weeks, the Bills passing defense. Baker, 25 of 42, 233, two touchdowns. They made Mac Jones look like the second coming of Tom Brady in this game in week seven. He was 25 of 30, 
272 and two touchdowns. Uh, even Tyrod Taylor had 200 yards passing. And then the game in England, uh, Trevor Lawrence carved them up all game, 25-37, and a touchdown. Um, man, this, this team right now, this team right now for me is a, a car that went to the racetrack and they got off the line good. Well, not as good because they dropped dropped to the Jets. They got off the line, and they were they were they have the power to beat the car, but they missed the gear. They missed the gear, and they this race is lost with this team. This race is lost with this team. Brandon Bean has to figure out what actions they're going to take because it's hard to argue with people that. Take Josh Allen for what he is, and right now he's just not producing. That the team is not producing. I'm not going to put it all on him, but uh, the offensive coordinator needs to go. And I think it's also time for a look at Sean McDermott exiting the building, also because I think he's gotten his team as far as he can get them. And I want to give him his flowers and his credit because his team was in purgatory. This team was a laughing stock for the last 20 years. And, you know, for the last three or four years, they've been a relevant top 10 team in the league. They just cannot get past. They can't, they can't beat, they're beating themselves. They can't beat themselves. The the Josh Allen taunting penalty. You finally get to see Dalton Kincaid. I think he had 11 targets, 10 receptions. He fumbles the ball. They, sh- they continuously shoot themselves in the foot. I am, I'm officially off of the Gabe Davis train. They have to find a second wide receiver um, coming this offseason. They have to go somewhere, either whether that's uh, elevating Shakir to see what he can do. Um, but something has to happen. Gabe isn't it. And, um, it, it, you know, it's just – it is what it is. You have these bums. Let me name these bums for you in the secondary. Christian Benford, Dane Jackson, Saron Neal, and Cam Lewis. For me, their scouting report when they came out in the draft said free agency. It wasn't there wasn't a draft round on these guys. And they play like it. They are no playmakers in this secondary. They got Rasul Butler from Green Bay to help out a little bit. There are there's nobody in this secondary that can make a play. They make plays off of tips and and very errant thrown passes where like a receiver ran the, the complete round route. They're not jumping and making plays. All right. This right here, you know, is just bums. This is this is that New York Yankees trash truck we saw. This these are those, they're running this. They got somebody in the passenger in the front seat, and they got two people in the back. They're running this truck. They're running this truck and they're leaving trash behind. They're not even picking up the damn trash. They're not even picking up the damn trash. They're running a trash truck up and down the city, smiling and waving. Um, Von Miller has been non-existent. And then I think it's also time to move on from Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. They've been absolutely quiet. They're supposed to be um, two of the top safeties, top 10 safeties in the league when it comes to them two. Not a peep. Not a peep. You would have thought that they could have held it down a little bit more than what they were doing, but it's just not it. Um, 
Now, am I hitting the panic button on Buffalo? I'm not. They're a game behind Miami. And, you know, they they still got time to turn things around. I'm going to throw you some more stats. The Bills are failing defense, 17th in total defense, 14th in passing defense, 18th in rushing defense, and 23rd in third down defense. You see it on the field. These numbers, a couple of weeks ago, I think all of them were in the top 10 or close to it. And you're starting to see, I've said this the last couple of years, because you played the Jets twice before Tyreek Hill came to Miami. You played Miami twice. You're not playing no top-tier offenses. So your, your defense on paper looks good. Look, number nine total defense. All right, you're not playing nobody. Zach Wilson is throwing you the ball here. Tua sometimes throws with it. It, it looks like he's throwing with his helmet backwards. So, you know, you're and then you got Mac Jones in New England. You're playing six teams that might not even have a thousand yards passing on your total. So your defense is going to look spectacular against, you know, uh, these little buffer games, but they're getting exposed and you're getting exposed and you have a defensive minded coach. And I was drinking the Kool-Aid that Miami game. Cause I thought, and I still think that was one of Sean McDermott's best coach games, that game plan he had against Miami to shut Miami down when they came off that 70 point run. I thought that was mass. I think that was masterful. I really did. I was really impressed with what they did. But Brandon Bean got to figure some things out because this team right here might sneak into the wild card and they're, they're going to get they go, that that fat ass roach that crawls across the floor. You got your your Tims on. That's how they're going to get squashed. They go into Cincinnati. They go into Baltimore. They go into Kansas City. Pittsburgh might beat them. Who else? Who am I missing out of the AFC that's in the in the playoffs right now? Oh, the, the Dolphins. The Dolphins. I don't think they're going to beat the Dolphins in the playoffs. I, I just I don't think not with that secondary. It's not it's not going to happen. I, I I just and then Elam. Before I let uh, <laughs> Elam, the the cornerback they drafted. Now he has an ankle problem. This kid has been a healthy scratch. A couple times. This is a first round draft pick, and it was rumors that he was going to get traded because he didn't fit the system. The four cornerbacks I named don't fit the damn system or any system. So, this is a lost team right now. This is the team that, if they do make the playoffs, this is going to be all Josh Allen and Steph Diggs. This is going to be Dalton Kincaid coming to his own and starting to split the field open, and then maybe somewhere down the line, you see Gabe Davis catch a pass because they have to they have to cover the other two people now. He's absolutely almost worthless. He's almost worthless on the field, just running around, collecting a game check. So uh big guy KG. I see we got comments, man. Let's let's go to the comments. All right, backtracking to back to the uh to the cowboy game. He says, uh his poor play calling also that fourth down. Why not be a best receiver, Lamb or Ferguson, who was owned in Philly? Uh, coming to this game, Ross is uh, B. I thought the Bills would win. Um, SFN02 says, I hate to say it, but the Bills are pretenders, highlight team that can't beat the top dogs. 
And that's mm. that that's rough on me because those are my that's my pick to win the Super Bowl. So uh nah, Keith also it's, says it's, it's not surprising. I, I picked then I picked the Bengals. Um, the Bengals. Yeah, I picked, picked the, the Bengals. Bengals. The, I said the Bengals are coming up at the wrong time and the Bills. The Bills have been struggling, and the crazy thing is it's the same things they've been struggling with the last couple seasons, and you kind of see how important Brian Dayball – there you go. I just – I didn't even look down the screen. You see how important Brian Dayball was to this offense. Mm-hmm. It's just nothing in this offense that that screams variety, that screams um, we got your ass. It doesn't, it doesn't scream that. We saw something. We've seen the commanders go some. We or when they play Philly, like we saw something on y'all asses. We got y'all. We got y'all. They made a couple mistakes, but we've seen teams have that moment with these with other teams. Be like, hey, we got y'all ass. We saw something on on film. We're gonna tear that ass up. Buffalo just comes out and like, we're just gonna have Josh Allen run to the right and throw it, and hopefully he can tiptoe and make a, a and Stephon Diggs and make a great catch. You can't play that shit every game. People. The Giants, I thought the Giants, if the Giants had a little bit of offense, they would have beat Buffalo because they were blitzing Josh Allen ass into the ground. They had that in the control. So I'm going to shut up. Let me shut up. Uh, Raw says, Keith, he hasn't been the same since Dable left. Uh, SFN 02, Rasul Douglas trade was an underrated move. He's a locker room presence and clutch. And uh, Keith says, Ross, exactly. Uh, Ross comes back. He says, Miami looks a little fraudulent. They do. Yeah. I mean, they, they haven't beat a big dog. When they play the big dogs, the real big dogs, they, yep. they, they turn into chihuahuas. And I just think that they're still probably in the best position to win this division. You know, but they're healthy. I think that for the most part, they're healthy. They just got Jalen Ramsey back, right? So, you know, that's right. a, that's that's going to be an upgrade. I mean, he's not the Jalen Ramsey of a couple of years ago, but he's still Jalen Ramsey. And I do agree with the Butler trade. I think the Butler trade helps the Bills secondary, but to what extent? And if you got this strong chain and you come to four rusty links, it's going to snap. The, the, the other chain gonna look pretty hanging there dangling, and the other links gonna be on the ground, you know. And it's, that's that's the Bills' secondary, man. Well, let's let's talk about that. I mean, Miami's in a good spot. They get their bye this week. After the bye, you get the Raiders, Jets, Commanders, Titans, Jets, Cowboys, Ravens, and Bills. They come out of that five and three somehow, some way. Six and two, they in the mix. And it doesn't matter who, where they get it. You just got to get the, the W's, the, the wins. I mean, this is a good time for the buy. Maybe you can get – I think if they can get Devin A-Chain, the kid that was running through everybody early in the season, if they can get him back um, and he's healthy and he's um, who he was early on in the season, I think that's a dynamic that's going to change the whole formula for them because he's a difference maker. And I think the other thing is, I think everybody's a little hip to the Miami offense. Um, they have a certain route combination that they throw a lot. Um, it's like a skinny post combination they run, but they run it out of every set. So if you can kind of take that first read away, and this is the book that I've heard on a lot of shows, if you take the first read away from Tua, he starts to struggle. 
and that's not groundbreaking material, but that that's important because that's that's a thing. So if you can take that first look away, then something else he struggles to get to everything else, and I think that's what's made Miami look hu- human. And I think that's something you got to pick up this week in self scouting to make yourself better. To the Buffalo Cincinnati game, um, I just think honestly, I think Cincinnati is just in one their pocket right now. I think. When it comes to like October, November football, Cincinnati's probably one of the best teams the last two years um, in the league. You know, they probably have one of the best records going down the stretch of the season. And for some reason, they just don't do September well. And once they get out of September, they everything turns and they start clicking. And that's exactly what I think happened to, um, this week. They just in their hot streak. What you say, big guy? Um, I'm reading a comment um that was up on the screen. Uh, SFN02 said, "I think Miami learns from this. Got to get slapped in the face to bring you down to earth." Man, Miami's not no. They they're not world beaters. They, Miami reminds me of you ever seen that video of the dogs barking teeth and everything, and then they open the gate and then they all pussyfied. That's what Miami is. They're, they're cool when the gates close. They can bark, growl, all of that, snarl, all of that. But as soon as you open the gate, hey, little little teddy bears, come on, roll over. Let me rub your stomach. Come on, little buddy. Yeah, you. who's a good boy? Who's a good boy? That's what they are. I had that happen one time. Like, I was selling home security systems, and this guy's dog was, like, all at the door. Barking, barking, barking. He's like, let me smell your hand. So he smelled my hand. And then the rest of the trip, I was there. He never barked. The Joker was sitting there beside me. He kept trying to take his paw to grab my hand to make me pet him. So, like, I was like, yeah, what, what happened? And that's exactly what you think saying Miami is. I got you. Next up. Oh, Washington Commanders. Can I do it? Absolutely. Absolutely. I want to do it. I want to do it. Go ahead. I thought we were fast. The whole crowd screaming out. We want Those haters can't stand us. Left hands up. Who are we? The Commanders. Commanders. Yeah. Commanders, I love it. we fight for all DC. Who are we? The commanders, commanders, left hand up. Who I are we? Dragging and go, we rock us. Had the whole crowd screaming, out. We want that. Those haters can't stand us. It don't yeah. sound. Like I just don't want to get charged. You know, I think like after twenty seconds or something, you got to pay the FCC or something. I don't want. Well, well, I'm I'm done because uh, if I gotta pay, I'll I'll hand uh DJ Woody old goody his money up front in his hand. So that's good. I'm good with that. Washington's Commanders goes into the New England and they beat the Patriots 2017. First time they won in Foxborough since 1996. Yeah, it is. 1996. Um, gentlemen, 
I was too busy drooling over some other games. I didn't get a chance to watch this one. So I'm going to let y'all dig into this. Uh, I just want to hear the highs, you know, the normal stuff, the highs and the lows. And was it closer than what it should have been? Yeah, I think um, the commanders got out early 10 to nothing. Uh, They were starting to drive. Robinson fumbles. And New England takes that fumble, turns it into seven points. And then after that, um, they come back and have another drive that gives them another seven points. They go up 14-10. Boston starts moving the ball again. Um, I think this is like the two-minute situation, which they fumbled the way you handle two minutes. Um, They rushed their last 25 seconds, and Sam throws a terrible interception. But then they come back and correct their – they write their wrongs. Uh, it's the one thing I loved about this kid is every time you think he's made a mistake that's detrimental to the team, he's responded the next drive or the next time he gets a chance. Takes him down the field, gets seven. Uh, they score another seven later on. I'm sorry, another field goal later on um, to make it 20 to 17. And then you get a big play from uh, Juju Smith-Schuster dropping the ball basically into the hands of the safety. And that's how we walk away with the ball game, 20 to 17. Um, what I like is Sam always responds. He always gives you that big drive. Uh, I don't remember us. Either we've been blown out or he goes down and gets us points. That's the way it seems lately. Um, outside that Philly game with that one bad interception, but even still, he was driving again, got points, made it 38-31, and then – you know, you just ran out of time. And I think that's the one thing I like about this kid is um, if this team believed in Alex Smith, there's no way this team can't believe in Sam Howell for keeping them in position, making them feel like they can win ball games. Go ahead, KJ. Uh, two comments real quick. Keith said, uh, don't be surprised to see McDaniels as Buffalo's OC next year. Nah. <laughs> That look, <laughs> either he hit the wrong button or he's just like, fuck it, I'm gone. Uh, Ross says, um, Howell's got a short-term, a short memory. A mistake doesn't change the way he plays. Not saying that he's as good, but you know who that reminds me of? Johnny United's played like that. Johnny United's demeanor never changed. He could throw three interceptions or three touchdowns. Demeanor never changed. I love that about quarterbacks. I love that. Uh, how played pretty well 29 to 45, 325, a touchdown and a pick. Uh, but the team ran the ball. What's that? 39 times. What's that? Hold on, six plus 18, 24, 29. Times, I'm sorry, Brian Robinson took the bulk of the load. Uh, 18 for 63, three and a half yards per carry and a touchdown. Antonio Gibson, six carries for 34 yards, 5.7. And then Sam Howell had that beautiful run, that beautiful run for a first down. Was it 24 yards on a third and 23? Yes. The dude does not give up. He, he He's not a – he's not a, a a graceful runner like a RG3 or Randall Cunningham or anything like that. He's more of a – He's more of a, in the style of Fran Tarkenton, where he knows how to get out of trouble sometimes. Sometimes he gets self-intro, but that's 
that's young and inexperienced. When he gets that experience, I'm telling you, he is going to be dangerous when his legs get to moving. But people keep asking the question, do we have a franchise QB? Oh, we don't want to answer that question yet. I don't give a damn. We got a franchise QB. Man, we got a we got a quarterback, y'all. We got a quarterback. Some of the throws that he makes, I listened to the game on the radio, and I, I had to suffer through Brian Weinstein and, and, and company. It, it was it was it was good in the second half, but in the first half, it was kind of suffering. Um, I love London Fletcher. Let me just say that. And I would love to hear him, Cooley, and somebody else doing play-by-play next season. But maybe even Julie Donaldson doing play-by-play. I, I, I just I don't know. Her voice is soothing. But they were talking about some of the throws that Sam made, and he was fitting the ball in the tight windows. That right there, he, he's a responsible gunslinger, if that makes sense. He'll try to fit it in there. He believes he can do it, and he'll get it done. Uh, I think this is a good win. Um, but, but this is more lucky than good because this game should have been over in the first half. They should have won this game at least 27 to seven. This should have been over, but this is more lucky than good, but I'll take a W. I'll walk out and take a W. So what's on the slate for the commanders next week? Uh, the commanders next week is this, this not the bad week. Hold on. No. We got no, this week is Seattle. Seattle, yeah, we go it, to it, Seattle. Go to Seattle. Ooh, yeah. Okay. So Seattle, yeah. then the Giants after that, and then on we got a short week that week. The week of the nineteenth, short week. We got the Giants on Sunday, and then the Cowboys in Dallas on Thursday. And I think okay. this this, this it, if it makes sense, they win that if they can win. The Seattle game and the, and, the, and the Giants game, if they can win those. When they go to Dallas on Thanksgiving, that's going to be the litmus test of what you get for the rest of the season. If they go to Dallas and lay an eight, pack it up and let's go home. But if they go to Dallas and they're competitive, yeah. Uh, Ross is – um. I still thought there were too many five to seven drops still. Yeah, I agree with that. Too many, too many. Um, he also says, uh, did you see Chris Rodriguez tackle on special teams? Uh, and unfortunately, Bram is trash. Never been a real br- big Bram Weinstein guy. He was I mean, great when he was, in, you know, doing the updates and stuff. He was, you know, informative, but everybody don't translate to – Play by play. His show wasn't bad. When they gave him a show the first time around, this is a couple years ago. His show wasn't bad. It was it was listenable. He still has a show. Really? I thought they took him <laughs> off. Yeah, it's him. He's there. It's so so like 6 30. Uh whatever that is now. Uh I think it's like ESPN radio. Yeah, yeah ESPN 6 30. Yeah. All right, 6 30 a.m. Is that when the show comes yeah. on? Yeah, 6 30 a.m. Is that wait? That's wait. Is that the time or that's the station? That's the station. Okay, six thirty. That's ESPN. That's where Andy is. Yeah. So I think they have. So basically, they have Retray Radio. They have Andy. They have um, Tony. 
They got Bram, and there's somebody else in, over there. I think uh, Navarro's over there, too. I know he comes through every once in a while. Yeah, that's definitely Retread Radio, then. But hey, hey, hey. hey. They, what they need to do, if they smart, put Sheen and Lavero back together. If you don't put Sheen and Lavero back together, put Sheen and Walker back together. That is fucking great radio. That is awesome radio. Why would you do what works? <laughs> well, if you did <laughs> work, you would have you never changed the lineup before. But hell, if, if you wanted to do what's work, who, you would have Who couldn't you to sleep? Who, who couldn't you sit midnight ride? Sheen. Sheen. Oh, my Lord. Anybody with Sheen. I don't, dog, I don't even turn. <laughs> this is how much I dislike Sheen. I don't even turn the station to to listen to Chris Russell until like 105. Because I figured by that time he's done talking. Like he's ending he the show on time. Like you got a producer. Like the show ends at 1259. You can't go oh, into the one o'clock hour. Bro, you wow, never so that you never listen to inside the locker room with, with Doc and uh, and, and, and Sheen. I you never to it, but no, nah, I was I was good. That was then when they moved Doc with Coach, I was like, man, this is the greatest. You had Doc, you had Tony Kornheiser from ten to twelve, which was great because you had David Aldridge and everybody. That was great. That's why I got all my politics and stuff from. Then you had uh, 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 Lavero and, and Sheen from twelve to two, Coach Thompson two to four, and then the sports reporters from four to seven. That was my whole day. I felt like for your day. My days were great. B mm. can tell you, I was on every show. I used to call in and be on every show, man. He, I was on, a, except for Cornhouse. Cornhouse didn't take calls. He let, hey, he let a couple of Sam Jacksons go too. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did. Oh, man. That was, uh, who was that? Was uh, Scott Jackson and uh, that's another one I love. I love Scott Jackson. Scott Jackson and um, and Doc Walk. No, that was Scott Jackson and B Mitch when they were doing uh, their show. And they had the S talking every Thursday. I won that five times in a row. I'll take B Mitch and and Finley, like we have it. I'll take Chris Russell. I'll take uh, Grant and Danny. Um, I'll take Hoffman sometimes, um, but I can see if somebody doesn't like Hoffman. And then yeah, B Mitch and Doc. No, you can't have those two together. That's diesel. Yeah, he, it's that, all platitude. Diesel. Punch him in the mouth. Let's go. Oh, oh. We need a hero. That's, that's that's the track the trailer losing his brakes and there's no emergency ramp. Oh my it's god, just, I love it's it. Going down the mountain. <laughs> but, because the reason why I say that, because like with B Mitch and Finlay, they're natural. Everything about their show is just natural. Doc and B Mitch was like that. It's everything is just natural. It flows. Yeah, every now and then I get a shout out since we're talking about our radio shout outs. I get a shout out from B Mitch and Finley. Every now and then I get one from Chris Russell. So yeah, it's all good. I'm telling them we need them on the show. I'm telling them immediately, yes. immediately, immediately. Yeah, we need good. them on the show. I, 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 think got, Chris, I think Chris will give us some time. I've been following Chris Russell for years. I remember when he used to do updates, but then when they finally gave him the run, I was like, it's on. Because he his his energy is just something different, man. I love Chris Russell. 
when he left 980 the first time, I was so pissed. Pissed. But then when he showed up on 106.7, I was like, I'm back. I'm, I'm with him. I, I'll listen to 106.7 now. All right, real quick, real quick, fellas, trying to get us back on track. Just real quick tidbit. Uh, the Cardinals are activating Kyler Murray. Is that y'all ready to put on y'all red now? We going to no. playoffs? No. Playoffs? Well, that's, that's bad timing. Didn't the new Call of Duty just drop? Ooh, <laughs> Ooh, I don't know if we in his playbook. You got to check the tablet. <laughs> Check the tablet, see what it's. I about to say, yeah. Check the tablet, see what. But you know, now they they probably he just probably let it run, you know. Right. Um, quick, we, we we're gonna we're gonna tweak this, but we got the power rankings from Bleacher Report this time, and it, we looked at some other ones. There's some discrepancies, but this is this is kind of is what it is. Tell us what y'all think uh, in the comments. Uh, they got the Eagles number one, Kansas City two. Baltimore three, the Jags four, and the Bengals five. Gentlemen, where would you subtract or add from that top five list? Take the Bengals off. Put uh, the lines on. Lines should be fifth. I think I would swap KC on Baltimore right now. Ooh. I think I would put Baltimore two and KC three. No I'm not mad at that because I think the last two performances – by KC have been subpar. Yes. And, and they haven't figured out that other receiver. Now, we saw some flashes from Sky Moore um, this weekend, but nothing consistent. So we're going to, yeah, that's going to be a key to watch is what other receiver not named Travis Kelsey dating, um, what's her name, Taylor Swift, are we going to get? You know, we, we're killing them on that, but they're still winning. They're still finding ways to win. I just wish Buffalo would find a way to win. Um, ah, Paul said, Bleacher Report is lazy journal journalism or steroids. <laughs> they're, 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 big, they're, they're clickbaitish for sure. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And you, you know, you got to take what information there. You, you know, that's why I said this is subject to definitely change. Just for tonight, that's what we're using, and we might rotate it just to stare at the pot and see uh, what who has what where. Um, where are we going now? We're going to are we finishing out with the uh, college football top six? Yeah, let's go ahead and talk about that real quick. I mean, I don't know if KG got anything else. No, 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 I'm good. I'm good. Uh, Ross said, um, uh, uh, damn it, I lost his comment. I, I got these and put the lines in behind Cincinnati. Oh, so that means he's moving Cincinnati to four and making the lines five. Ross, answer yeah. that question for me. So is yeah. your three and, is your four and five Jacksonville? I'm sorry, Cincinnati Lions. Uh, give me a comment on that. There we go. Yep, yeah, that's what he's yeah. saying. Okay. 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 And yeah, we do miss Pete because Pete was always consistent. Um, but I know Pete's been getting a lot of airtime. When we talk about Pete, we talk about Pete Metters. Um, I know he's been getting a lot of burn up in um Baltimore um on some of their stations and even some of the um regular stations, like uh, I think he was on 1260 the other day. Maybe that wasn't 1260 he was on, maybe that was a clip he was doing. 
but I know he's been on some of the Baltimore stations more so lately than anything else. And I think he has a gig as um, a Baltimore game day, maybe a sideline reporter or something like that. Ross can correct me on that. But I know it's something like that with the Ravens. Cool. Cool. Well, we're going to start reaching out. We're going to, we need some of these people on the show to uh, talk some sports. So um, let's, let's go to college playoff top six. I wish we had a voice thing so I could do the echo college football top six, 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 six. you know, you know, and bring it in, See, bring it in strong. Then he go. You know what you need? One of the mics with all the with all the features on. That's we let's let's see if we can find one of those when we finish. The John, we had a kid when we had kids, you had the different button for the different voices. Oh yep. man, what if I saved that? I had it'd one be worth those. money by now. It probably, yeah, it probably would. Midnight Rider, take it away. College football top six. So um really much didn't change. I mean, the debates are getting better, but after that, um, it's really been kind of status quo for a little bit here. Um, you got Oregon at number six. You have Washington, number five. Washington is the team that gave Oregon this one loss. Uh, at number four, you have Florida State. At three, you have Michigan. And let's go back to Florida State. Florida State didn't have a great performance last weekend. I think they played Pitt, and Pitt should have never been in that ball game. At number two, we got Georgia. Um, and number one, we have Ohio State. And the funny part about the Georgia argument is really Georgia doesn't start playing people until these next couple – they played a couple people, but their season picks up these next couple weeks. Um, I think Oregon has gone through most of its landmines. So the only problem for Oregon is – Colorado is falling off. Um, there was somebody else. Washington State fell off. So they have two wins against teams that have kind of fallen back to the pack. Um, Notre Dame losing hurts hurts Ohio State a little bit because Notre Dame's now like at 20. So it's not as much of a quality win as it would normally be. So it's going to be interesting, the conversations they have as we get down the stretch in some of these, I like to call them elimination games. You know, you get Ohio State, Michigan. Um, you get some of these conference tournament games or conference playoff games. And we're going to see after I get the dust settles what comes out of that because that's going to be really important the way this goes the rest of the way. Four, you got anything to add on that, big guy? Nah, man, because I, I don't have I don't have a dog in the in, in the fight. But I, I'm surprised that Michigan is so low. That's the only thing that I'm surprised at. But Mich Michigan is a victim of their schedule. You talking about you don't have a dog in a fight? I don't have a blade of grass for the dogs to fight on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so not a blade, not a piece, not nothing, not an ant. So you know, at least you're somewhere near it. You know, you can right. look and see it. So, um. Staying with college football, the list. What? What? Oh, you just made the list. Let's go, everybody. It's your favorite Tuesday segment. Let's start off at number five. Number five, 
It's a guy that's old, it's been on the list the last couple of weeks. I call him the craziest man, the stunt man of college football. He plays at LSU. It's Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels. You have made the list at number four. I'm sorry. This didn't touch me well. I didn't like what I saw. But Caleb Williams running to his mom, crying in the stands. I don't know if that's true leadership. I don't know if I can depend on that on Sundays. Because grown men aren't going to accept this dude running to mommy crying. So Caleb Williams, at number four, you have made the list. At number three, a man who's been let down by his offensive line the whole season. If he had any kind of blocking, he'd probably be number two or number one on this list like he's been before. But Shador Sanders, you have made the list. At number two, Paul Cordova, go ahead and call me up. Go ahead and pat me on the back. I've been watching Florida State. I've seen the kid play. You've been bugging me all year to get him on the list. Jordan Travis has made the list. And at number one, BPE. I'm not going to say it. I don't want to run the joke out. But it's Michael Penix Jr. from Washington. Sir, you have made the list. So to run that back at number one, Michael Penix Jr., University of Washington. At number two, in a surprising jump, Jordan Travis, Florida State. At number three, Shador Sanders, Colorado. At number four, Caleb Williams from um, U.S. Crimea River. And number five is Jaden Daniels from LSU. And you... That is the list, ladies and gentlemen. That I, is the list. I, I, I need to say this before we get out of here. Cry me, cry me, mommy, mommy, mommy. <laughs> I, I'm gonna say this. Come on, y'all, y'all, y'all gotta lay off, man. Y'all, y'all, y'all gotta lay off. Like, it's plenty of quarterbacks. He showed emotion. It's plenty of quarterbacks that have cried after heartbreaking losses. I remember <laughs> my grandmama gave me that chain. <laughs> I remember a certain quarterback oh, that after a pretty terrible performance. Ooh. But he came out and almost led his team to the state championship. If you've never seen Friday Night Lights and Mike Winchell, you missed the treat. So but here's the difference, and, and this is the reason. I didn't like the scene is because he did it. He should have gotten in the locker room and had his moment. That was the thing for me. Um, and as a pro, as a as an athlete, as a professional, you don't mind a guy taking a lost heart, being disappointed, feeling dejected. But what I feel like is happening is it's becoming his calling card and it's becoming a distraction. Because he doesn't go to the side somewhere to do it. He does it very publicly as if it's a cry for attention. And then he was in an interview and his post game interview was, I want to go home and lay with my dogs. What? Yeah, what? I heard that. Yeah, I heard like, that. Oh, come on, man. I mean, I understand you like your pets. You know what I'm saying? In the words of Bob Barker, don't forget to spade and neuter your pets. But God dang, dog, you can't just be out here like, no, that doesn't, like, it It seemed very, 
childish. And I didn't want, I don't want to bash this or make this like a thing. But it, for me, the more and more I watched it in a, in a, in a NFL locker room, that's not going to play well. That's not going to work well. And, he, and, and, and and that's also a maturity thing. I think the kid's 20. So I'm not like trying to knock him as a player. But what I think he needs to do is he needs to think about his image and what he's portraying because your your teammates aren't going to walk with you um, if you're showing this kind of – like you're showing the emotion and you're doing it publicly because then they're going to feel like you're trying to show them up. Like what happens in Chicago next year or what happens in Atlanta next year or wherever he goes, Arizona, and they're on a four-game losing streak? Does he cry every each week? Four weeks in a row? They're going to put a binky in a warm baba in his locker. He keeps doing this. Paul says, as an owner, do you want to sign a contract that gives him partial stake in the team? He can't even do that. So it's against the league rules. So, like, you're not even – he's not even getting that contract. Here's the thing. We can't – do I really want to – fuck it, let's do it. We can't say that men need to be more vulnerable and we need to show our emotions more. And then when you show your emotions after a tough loss, you getting clown. Come on, y'all. Really? 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 Yeah, because it's ain't therapy. It's a football game. There's no crying in football. That that's therapeutic for some people. No, no. So, so dog, don't get me wrong. It's not the crying in the most part. I get. It's the fact that he does it. It's always on camera. Um, it's always in plain sight. Like it's almost like he's trying to do this to make it seem like he cares more about the game than he does. He cares about the money. He told you that he he won't go to the NFL next year because he could get paid more to stay at USC. Yeah, give me bad vibes already. He's that's the part that's scaring me. He's a generational talent. Hold on, he's a generational talent. He's he's arm strength, arm talent. He's great. He still shows me. And when we get to the preseason or the pre-draft part, he's going to be like three or four on my list because. He still shows me he's a guy that doesn't get the football out on time. And I, I, that bothers me. You ever think that he's preparing for a career after football? That's fine. Career on stage. That's fine. Probably a drop of a hat. Hey, I hope so. Hey, it could like, be. Oh, I mean, Denzel. Equalizer 14. Starring Denzel great, great Notre Dame quarterback. I said he would make a great Notre Dame quarterback. At least oh, we got boy. quarterbacks that won the Heisman Trophy. When the last time Merlin had a quarterback to win the Heisman Trophy? Never, ever, never. Mm. No. How many Heisman Trophies does Merlin have? Because we have the most in college football history. So let, let, you want to talk. I mean, come on. Let's bring out the stats. How many national championships you got, huh? How many undefeated seasons, huh? How many Hall of Famers, huh? We got we got you know the ones we watched on TV. Man, we <laughs> we put the ones we watched on TV in that case. We're gonna blow y'all out the water. Not really. Right? So calm down, all right? Because we watch more 
then what y'all 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 be participated in. Y'all be careful, okay? I, you know what I'm saying? Look. Okay, 90, 91, 92, all the way up to 93. We got robbed every year, but it's okay. Come on, man. Let's oh. wrap this shit up. We gotta go. We gotta go. Let's gotta go home. Wrap it up. Let's go home. Midnight Rider came right. through with something. He, he said uh, the Nats are using a 40-man roster spot on Strasburg. Help me out with that. I think I think this is all part of them trying to be cheapskates and get themselves out of this deal as much as they can. Uh, they had promised the man that they was going to pay him his remaining. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, no, nah, we didn't say that. So what they have to do is, I think this is more just of a um, dotting eyes and crossing T's type of measure. He has to be on the 40-man roster, um, at least until spring training, I think. I think that he has to do some workouts and stuff like that. So it's going to be, um, what's what I'm looking for? It's This is more systematic than it is. Um, being prudent or anything like that. They're just doing something they have to do to keep them on the books. And then no, when they go to sign somebody, they're going to have to make moves, and he's probably going to have to be one of the people that get moved or get let go. So they're going to have to make a decision on this contract and what they're going to do. I think they're just buying themselves some time, to be honest with you, brother. He doesn't warrant a roster spot. I mean, you're wasting your time with it. You know the kid can't pitch anymore. Pony up, do what you gotta do. Do what's right by the guy. The guy got you a um, he got you a ring. In 2012, you allowed him to become the butt of jokes by not playing him down the stretch in 2012. I mean, you should have massaged and and worked that deal better. So when he came down to his innings limit, he would have had innings left in the playoffs. But because you're you weren't thinking ahead or you were just stuck on the plans you had, you didn't do that. And I think that cost you a little bit in 2012. Very well said. Couldn't say it better. So, uh, gentlemen, any final thoughts? Big big guy, you got anything before we get out of here? Uh, I'll say this. If you haven't heard yet, Clear Productions, TV and Radio Network, if you miss the live shows, you can go back and watch them on Facebook, or you can just wait for us to show up. In uh, the WrestleManiacs was tonight at 7 p.m. It was great to see that uh, reaction to Crown Jewel. That was great to see. All in sports with Lee Ice and us three, the sideline junkies, was uh, aired tonight as well. Man. This is this is beautiful, and then we still have. If you on the go, you can't sit down and watch. Whatever you stream music on, you can find us on it. Whether it's Spotify, Apple Music, whatever, we are there. So there's YouTube. no. Oh, YouTube as well. I forgot people do listen to YouTube and not watch. There is no excuse why you're not listening to the sideline junkies because not only are we on twenty two uh, platforms just for streaming. You can watch these beautiful faces, baby, because uh, pretty, pretty like me. <laughs> you know, you can see that on any screen. So, and I'm gonna post. Uh, I'm gonna post the All In Sports Show 
in the Cylon Junkies chat um um Facebook page. I'm gonna post it there probably like right around nine o'clock. So if people want to watch, um they can see it there. I don't have anything. I, I let loose on my Buffalo Bills. I don't know how long of a rant that was, but um, we will see y'all Thursday. Quick Thursday um, show. Talk about Thursday night football, what's going on, any new news in the NFL. Make sure y'all join us and um, look for the links from Midnight Rider Post and uh, the Cylon Junkies group so you can see us all on TV and everything. All right. Um, we do overtime. Okay, we do overtime. Um, I just want to make sure this is this statement is clear. We do overtime, and we out of here. Peace. Excellent. Uh, it's still going.